0: Welcome Welcome to to the the Cultivate Cultivate Network Network Podcast, where we're digging digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters.
1: Welcome to Cultivate Network podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in again this week. And I'm excited to have a special guest on the show today by the name of Dr. Zach McGeorge. And so, Zach, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Jamie, thanks for having me.
1: Yep, glad you're here. Our My colleague and co-worker, partner in crime, Anthony Waters, is actually in another meeting this morning and couldn't make the podcast. So I did, as soon as he let me know, I text Zach. Zach's been on our list for a minute um, to, to get on the show. And, and uh, my goodness, he said yes. So here we are today. So, Zach, thanks for taking a minute um, to, to share with us.
0: Hey, not a problem at all. I hope it, I hope it's a good list.
1: <laughs> it is a good list. I've got other lists. I'm just kidding. I don't I don't have other list. Oh man, but yeah, Zach, Zach uh, texted me just a few just a few weeks ago and and said he had a topic on his on his mind and heart that uh, felt relevant. And last week's episode, if you haven't <clears> listened in, it was called Vitamin Stress. And uh it is it is a uh, we had a pretty unique conversation of that episode, enjoyed it thoroughly. But I encourage you to go back and listen to that because I think Zach's topic today of uh, this conversation is a, a perfect uh, uh second phase of what we introduced last week. Um and, um, and also, I'm going to ask Zach just a minute. He's no stranger to the Cultivate Network podcast. He's, he's been on a couple previous episodes uh, a few months back. And, uh, I will, I will add those episodes in the show notes so you know h- how to go find those episodes. But, uh, Zach certainly has been no stranger. But I do want, uh, Zach, if you can, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, who you are, kind of, uh, your, a little bit of your background, your, your, um, um, just who is Zach McGeorge? Okay.
0: Well, yeah, thank uh, thank you for that. Uh, well, like I said, uh, my name is, or like Jamie said, my name is Zach McGeorge. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a doctorate of social work, and I practice at Advent Health in Manchester, Kentucky. Um, but recently, well, recently, around a year ago, I obtained my doctorate in social work and tried to specialize and pick my specialization track in administrative leadership. And so now I'm sort of um, – in my role now, juggling uh, the differences between being in, a, in clinician mode and sort of that administrative leadership role, uh, kind of grooming into that position. Um, but previously, a little bit of my work has been through um, through addiction medicine. And then also, um, before that, before I decided to, as my dad would say, get a real job, I was a CrossFit competitor. So I uh, tried to do that for, for um, some time before I ended up. Uh, transitioning into the role of of being a social worker so that's just a little bit about me Um, but yeah I'm I'm excited to dive in today.
1: All right so just curious Zach are you still into the CrossFit thing or did you just quit?
0: Well I didn't quit uh, at all I don't think I'll ever quit I think I'll always be doing um, some sort of CrossFit but uh, I did the the Worldwide Open Mm -hmm. uh, CrossFit Open this past year and um, they take the top 10% and I could tell that I did not have the time or the resources to recover like I used to. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so I think that now I've just kind of taken a shift to more, um, you know, maybe doing some power lifting stuff for some local competitions, but trying to compete at the world stage again is, uh, is, is, you know, it's busting at the seams, uh, for time sometimes, yep. uh, you know, so that's, I've, I've, Chose to kind of uh, delve into the career a little bit more and just do CrossFit for fun.
1: All right. Well, I, I knew some of that, but I wanted our listeners to hear that. This mm-hmm. is super interesting, and actually, it feeds your content as well. So, especially the Absolutely. topic the the topic today is very relevant to that mm-hmm. that work. Mm-hmm. So, so let's introduce the topic, Zach uh, the the zone of proximal development. Um, tell me what that is.
0: So um, the zone of proximal development is actually something that's been around in psychological literature for a long, long time. Um, So the zone of proximal development is actually something that was introduced in child and adolescent psychology. It was uh, it was coined by a psychologist. I think it was a Canadian psychologist by the name of Zev Vygotsky. And basically, the zone of proximal development would refer to, uh, it's a concept in educational psychology. I'm reading straight off the Google here, and it represents the space between what a learner is capable of doing unsupported and what the learner cannot do even with support. And so, um, and I can keep expounding on that a little bit, but if if you want me to, if you want to ask some more questions, we can go that route as well.
1: No, you're good. Share share a little more. So the, the, this this um, this theory, or it's not a theory anymore. It's actually science, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. this this it it applies specifically here to the the original context was uh, child learning. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so does that is that something that crosses over into other areas of life and living, or is it just isolated to child learning and development?
0: Absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. So let me, let me take it back for just a second. Um, probably to the year 2018, whenever, um, and I started studying that, like, this is whenever I was, uh, um, still in my LCSW training and I was, you know, doing some, doing a lot of supervision and reading. So basically a lot of the only things that I really had to do was train, uh, for CrossFit and do and study for my exams. And so, um, so basically what I was, what I was finding is, is that whenever, sometimes whenever I was training or competing or I was trying to ramp up or peak for an event, um, I was training, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the programs that I were following was sometimes anywhere from four to seven hours of training a day. And that could have a, uh, you know, that could be a morning session of three hours on Uh, At a Z1 pace, followed by accessory movements in the evening or, you know, depending on what time of the year, if we were doing a strength cycle or if we were doing an Olympic cycle, it really just depended. But then what I found was Mm. that I really was not making much of the progress that I had previously made when I was one of those, quote unquote, tier one athletes that I could just basically do anything and um, I, I could do anything and then I would just see results. And so I found myself kind of, you know, from, you know, just kind of personally feeling really, really beat up. Um, I wasn't recovering as normal and as I normally was. And there was just so many different things. And and so basically I went to the drawing board and I figured, and I started doing a little, I wanted to kind of reframe or reconceptualize the way that I viewed my training. And so um, I, 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 fumbled upon this term. It was coined by, uh, I can't remember who it was coined by. It was this guy from uh, Westside Barbell. His name was Dave Lipson. And basically what it was talking about is athletes, whenever they reach a certain point, even in professional career, it can be athletes. It can be in the corporate world. It can be wherever. The law of diminishing returns. Right. Basically what that means is there's a law of if you do more work, it's actually probably not what you need to do at the time. It's, it's actually sometimes you can you can be better by doing less work, actually. Um, and so it's more work isn't better work. Better work is better work was the, was the perception that I sort of took. And so then in, to- in tune with that, um, I started learning about this zone of proximal development. And so um, diving into that a little bit, um, and that's, that's where it comes in with a child and adolescent psychology, that zone of proximal development is, is where you can get better where you are supremely stimulated to where you are in between that, that sweet spot, just like a sweet spot on a baseball bat. I know I'd speak to you when I say that, mm-hmm. um, it's that sweet spot to mm-hmm. where you are getting mm-hmm. better constantly, mm-hmm. but then you are also not, you are not kind of, um, falling into that line of diminished, the zone of diminished, diminishing returns. Right. And so we do this all the time. And then I'll hush on this quote, on, yeah. on this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Think about whenever you see a toddler, uh, Dr. Wagers in our clinic sees toddlers with with autism and with, um, you know, depression and anxiety and so on and so forth. She's a she's a clinical psychologist. And and what we see is to- with toddlers, we do this all the time. And when those toddlers come into the office, I kind of think in this way, we speak directly above what their level of comprehension is mm-hmm. without us even knowing it. Yeah. And an example of that would be, hey, can you say my name? What color is this? Hey, what? Um, what's his name? And, and so, hey, I'm Uncle Zach. That's what I say to my nephews. And so, we're right above that level of threshold of what they can understand right. without going way too far over their head to where it makes them feel, um, makes them feel inadequate, like right. they can't answer the question. Does that make sense?
1: Yep, sure does, sure does. So, yep. so if if, if if you're stretching them at that point beyond their capability, so. They can't grow in right. that area. They, they, you know, right. you're, it's almost like I, Your my mind went back to the Mario, to the original Mario Brothers game, and then, <laughs> you know where where the when it was a level one and two. You're you're jumping on these little things, right? Mario is jumping on these little these bricks that are suspended in the air, and if that brick is too far away. He couldn't make the jump, and so he he couldn't progress farther down, and I I could never win the game because of that because it was too far. Once I got to level 7 or 8 or whatever, other other people just jumped, but I I never could make that jump. So if we put that brick too far away, they're not going to make that jump forward, right? That's right.
0: That's right. Yeah, they have to make the the brick steps. They have to hit the brick steps previously in order to get to that point. Yep,
1: but then what 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 I'm thinking too, you know, in the in the <laughs> I think weird, right? But but I'm thinking about Mario here and if if I'm if I'm Mario and and I'm playing the game and I'm just jumping on the same brick over and over up and down on the same brick over and over and over, then I'm 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 actually that Having a diminishing return because it's just I'm I'm using the minutes of the game and I'm just jumping up another same brick, so I'm not progressing. So the moving right. the moving forward and stretching ourselves to jump a little further the next time, to to mm-hmm. to press a little harder the next time. Actually, I, I uh, I'm training for the the bourbon chase uh, this this coming oh, fall. Wow and uh was just invited to to join a team uh to and and if you're not familiar with kentucky guys the bourbon chase is about a 200 mile run from uh it it spans all across horse country and the bourbon country up in uh, northeast or northwestern kentucky around louisville to lexington area around the really across the bluegrass and um it's i'm not ready at all for this, so so I've, I start training. I started last week training Zach and I. I, I purchased a, I purchased a watch. Uh, basically, it's one of those. It, it's a runner's watch. Uh, the brand is Coros. Highly recommend it for anyone that is a is going to be serious about training Shout for any anything. Shout out to Coros. <laughs> give me a discount next time, guys, please. But anyway, Zach, I thought that I was. Working pretty hard. So th- this thing's measuring my my exertion. It's measuring my uh, You know wh- and, and it's got different levels. It didn't call it the ZPD the zone proximal mm-hmm. development. I didn't call it that mm-hmm. But there's different gauges that it'll measure my activity after I'm done working out or I'm done running and 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 it tells me Whether or not that that my workout is going to help me to grow or is it going to help me to main, is it only going to help me to maintain? And it literally measures me. And yesterday morning, yesterday morning, I ran as hard as I thought I could. And, and my watch measured all my O2, my heart, everything, all this factored in. And it it looked at my aerobic and anaerobic uh, training tempo and effect. And Mm -hmm. it rated me as a 2.2, for aerobic and 2.1 for anaerobic, which both of those are listed as maintaining. So in other words, what I thought was actually killing me, my actual, actual body performance based on the right. measures of metrics says, dude, you're only maintaining with this amount of effort. You need to go up and there's two more levels. There's two, there's three more levels above maintaining. There's improving which means I'm improving my fitness if I repeat it two to four times a week. And then there's optim- optimization or optimized. So it says improving fitness if repeated one to two times per week. So I was scoring a two on a scale of six on my oh, workout wow. yesterday. And I thought I, I, I when I got done running, Zach, I was like, man, I did good. I was patting myself on the back. I got up in the morning, I did a run. And then after I'm done with it, it's like, yeah, you're just maintaining. So. <laughs> So what 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 I'm hearing from you is the zone of proximal development is is really in not living in that zone where I'm putting forth enough effort t- to maintain but it's mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. Th- there's another there's another up, up, uh, uh, from five to six scale right on those measures mm-hmm. that says mm-hmm. overreaching in other words it says you exactly th- this you're overtraining right now but mm-hmm. it's that that zone from three to four or three to four point nine, this is you're improving and optimizing. So that's the zone that if I'm going to be ready for the bourbon chase, if I'm going to improve my 5k, my marathon time, I'm going to have to learn to live in that, which means that I'm going to have to go beyond myself, but not beyond myself so far that I kill myself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that it's it, a lot of that goes into, And I don't want to turn it into a fitness podcast yeah, because yeah. I could easily do that, but, um, but yeah, it's. I think that it's a lot of a lot of things go into play with that. Like, you know, when are you appropriately? When are you supposed to be going into that five and six zone? Um, when are you supposed to hang out at one zone, right. two zone? Um, and that a lot of that comes into your programming, which you know is is really important for um, training for the type of things that you're wanting to train for. Uh, but that's right. a that's a perfect that is a perfect analogy. Um, and, and what I like about the versatility of the of the topic is that it can go into fitness it can go to career it can go anywhere yeah um and you know like um we can move into the career sector if you'd like to Bingo. or, or let stay, stay in the fitness perfect segue um because they because they they literally do go
1: hand in hand it's a it's an um, overarching principle
0: it really is it really is an overarching principle and so um you know and And going back just real quick, I said I would move to the career, but going back to the fitness for just a second, um I took a, a different approach, too, just kind of like you did. I uh, got me one of those got me one of those garmin watches. And um, you know I, I was kind of like measuring my heart rate variability and things like that. Well, I started doing this program and uh, called a Wendler five three one. And basically it was like shortens the volume down of your training. And I went from training six hours a day to maybe an hour and a half. And, um, you know, I was working with str- strate- strategic uh, percentage work, maybe like 55, 60 percent speed work on some days. And what I noticed is as I started feeling better immediately. I was hungrier. I had more of an appetite and I was perfectly stimulated. And my performance got way better wow. um, over the over the long haul just mm-hmm. by learning to do less, but also following in. What is that zone that I'm trying to hit? And then, how am I appropriately right. kind of stimulating within that? So, uh, and one thing I bring this back to is is uh, I think I, in October, um, a guy named Rob Eric was named my my new boss. And um, and one of the things that we do here at Advent, which I think that I, which you know of, is um, the talent cares. Right. Uh, we have to do we have to do the talent care conversations once I think once every quarter. It is. And uh, I remember the first talent care that um, uh, that Rob and I sat down with and he kind of it's ba- that's basically what you're looking at is that zone of proximal development and those right. talent care conversations. Yep. Where are you now? Um, how have things been? Do you feel are you overstimulated? Are you understimulated? And if you are, how are we having those appropriate conversations right. to to maximize your potential within the current role that you're in right and um, rob and i had that conversation it was at the Axis coffee shop i'll never forget it and i remember looking at him and i said i think that i can take on a little bit more responsibility in some areas and so and whenever whenever i had that conversation with him it was it was not hey we're going to hand you all these different keys to all these different doors and it was not more like okay let's take one to two responsibilities and let's try to maximize on those Mm -hmm. as opposed to giving you multiple different things and then sporadically over time if you've gotten you know even 10% better over each quarter you look at the back back at that and and over five years you've gotten a lot better Mm -hmm. just by incremental small steps over the long haul yes um and I hope that makes
1: sense. And it makes perfect sense. So, so it's that one percent rule. If I can get one percent better every day, every week, every month, every year, then all of a sudden that 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 accumulates into more and more. Mm-hmm. And and you know we, we we did a podcast recently. Shout out to the previous podcast. Check it out. Say the best yes, right? Say the best yes because if we say yes to everything, we're going to be in that zone five where it's the zone of exhaustion. If mm-hmm. we if we only say yes to what we know how to do and what we're comfortable doing, then we're gonna be stuck in that comfort zone in in a place of mundane, and actually it's not even healthy to live in that zone, mentally, physically, spiritually, to live in that comfort zone in in, in your career. It's where, you know, I, I put it like this, Zach, the comfort zone is the place where potential goes to die. The comfort zone is the place where potential goes to die. It's a graveyard for potential. Uh, so many individuals, and I love that you asked, right? You said, hey, I can take on more, and I love the wisdom of Rob in that scenario mm-hmm. to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to stretch you a little bit. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you grow muscles, Act Time under tension. Tension. Right? Time That's under right. tension. Yeah. Our career muscle, our spiritual muscle, whatever <clears throat> that muscle is, right, it is time under tension. So it's creating enough tension to not crush you. But mm-hmm. to challenge you so that you can you can actually get those get that that the gains that you're looking for, and I think I think that um, in our careers, um, you know, perfect perfect segue here, you know, and I can look back at my career at times when I've mm-hmm. I've said yes to too many things, and because I was overarching and I exhausted myself and I burned out. And then I can also look at times, Zach, uh, where I said yes to say to something that I really did not know how to do. Um, You know, matter of fact, this last uh, this last year, I've said yes Mm -hmm. to a few things in my career. And I'm like, I have no idea how to (laughs) do this. But but. It is, it was healthy for me because it was like, okay, Jamie, you're going to have to figure this out. And it was a stretch. Mm -hmm. It was a huge Mm -hmm. stretch and I feel better because of it, right? Whether it, whether it's, Mm -hmm. if if, if you're comfortable not speaking, step up and speak. If you're comfortable uh, working in your routine role, ask for something to add value. I've got, I've got a text message that my phone sends to me every single morning and it says create value today. So find a way to stretch yourself, to create and add value to, to your family, to your friends, mm-hmm. to your workplace, to, to your, to your colleagues, find a way to add value. And that's a stretch oftentimes. So the comfort zone, man, it's not a place where I want to live.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, and I, and I think that like people, like there's an awareness piece that I think that comes through spirituality of, of that as well, um, through your spiritual work, because, I really don't think that that God wants you to stay stagnant. Uh, God does not want you to stay stagnant with your faith. And and if anybody um, is a believer and, and, you know, prays to God and has a relationship, they realize that, you know, when God says yes, you have to move, like (laughs) even if you're comfortable with it or not. And I'm sure, I mean, there's plenty of, of New Testament principles to suggest that. But, um, you know, I, I think that there is an awareness piece that goes in with that, too, sure. to say, you know, OK, if you are wanting more responsibility, it's it, literally I, it's really, really hard for me not to to base everything back to fitness. But if you had a goal to, to bench press 500 pounds, mm-hmm. I mean, genetically, there's no way that I could probably do that. But right. um, just being more more specific, if I said I want to bench press 300 pounds and, and you say, OK, well, I am. There's no way that I could possibly do that right, right now. Right. But if you put together the daily intention, the everyday little steps, the little things that matter, right. um, bringing on more, you're perfectly stimulated, and over time, you do you do get to that point. Yep. Um, it's it's so interrelatable to so exactly. to life, to fitness, everything. Sorry. No,
1: no, I'm, I'm going to bounce off. That. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you were yeah. finishing that thought, but, uh, no. but no, the, if, if you say your goal was to lift and, and, oh, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Maybe somebody's goal is to be a CEO. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody's goal is to lift 500 pounds mm-hmm. uh, as a bench press. Maybe somebody's goal mm-hmm. is to, is to plant a church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we just meant spiritual. We just went career And we just went physical. All right. The the three, we're covering the spectrum here. 500 pounds. If I am at 200 pounds today and I can bench press 200 pounds, if I get up every morning and I bench press 200 pounds every morning, am I ever, you know, and I I get to where I can bench press that 200 pounds, great, and I just get up every morning and bench press 200, am I ever going to get to five?
0: There's, I mean, there's, yeah, absolutely. There's a possibility that you could, uh, um, if you're, if you're following the right programs and, and it's like,
1: I guess my question though, Zach, is if I only lift 200 every day, every day, am I going to wake up one day and just do five? No way. Exactly. No way. So, so, okay. Career CEO, right? I want to be a CEO, right? That's, that's the goal. I don't want to be a CEO, but, but let's say somebody did right. Wants to be mm-hmm. a CEO. Mm-hmm. All right. If so so you're lifting two hundred pounds, if you stay if you stay on the same bench and you lift the same weight, then you're never gonna get to five hundred. CEO, maybe my role is manager today, maybe my role is uh maybe let's go to the front line. It's the front line. Okay. Zach, if, if, if in the front line I'm registering patients and I'm doing that and I do the same thing every single day and I register patients and I have the same responsibility and I, have, I do the same performance every day, am I ever going to get to that next level just by meeting expectations? No. Um, no, no it, it's asking for, it says, hey, you know what? And maybe I don't even ask. I, I, I even counseled someone one time, Zach, and said, be the best dag burn whatever that is you are right now. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're going to create demand mm-hmm. where, where they're going to come drag you up the ladder. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to climb up no, no corporate ladder. They're going to drag you up because you're going to create enough value. That's right. In that role that you're in now, they're going to be saying, mate, we cannot let this person, just, you know. And so I think in that, in that, in that essence, you know, and let's, let's move, move to the spiritual setting. If I'm sitting in the fourth row, fourth row Freddie, ninth row Nanny, you name it, seventh row Sally, <laughs> I'm sitting in the pew, and I go to the church every week on Sunday, and I sit in the pew for an hour, and I get my hour of church in, and I go home. Am I ever, and that's all I do, and that's all I participate in, and I never volunteer to do this, never volunteer for the outreach team, never volunteer to serve in any way. Am I ever going to get to my goal of planting a church? Mm-mm. No. I said I, well. It, I said a lot. Sorry, Zach. Go ahead.
0: No, no, that's per- well. That's perfect. And and then I think that it's really important, like especially like especially like from the church planting uh, side and the corporate side. Um, if you if you're basing, there's a lot of different things that go into consideration with that too. Like if you're in Somerset, Kentucky, you know, you're in your church planting, then the demographics there. Ah, uh, just is what it is. Bringing in right. sort of the carnal piece to the spiritual piece. Right. Um. There's not as many. There's not as many folks as there would be in say Miami, Florida, if you were going to be tre- planting a church there. So, right. being realistic with yourself to see how many people you want to. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you can reach. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, but then, like, you know, if you're if you're wanting to start a church or something, go talk to people who are doing it the way that you. Want to do it because mm. I, I believe mm. that God um, has planted people there for a specific reason. Yeah, and then like I said, incremental steps in getting yourself to that way to mm. where you're stretching yourself a little bit on different speaking opportunities, yeah. um, different yeah. key stakeholder engagements, mm. um, different things that can strategically yeah. a small bite by bite piece, yeah. kind of like eating the elephant, get yeah. you up to a point, and then you look up one day and in Somerset, Kentucky, you may have. I don't know, fifteen hundred people attending your services. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you're like, whoa, how did we get here? Like, and then yep. there is just such a, a spiritual element to that that mm-hmm. I don't think that that even God wants you to stay put to be yeah. stagnant in your faith and your development. Um, and and I think that there may, that might be like a, a common misnomer of of God to say that like, you know, yes, we are su- supposed to be meek and humble, and I'm a firm believer of all those things, but yeah. there if. There are more people to be reached. I don't think that big is necessarily always a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, you In know, in a lot of ways.
1: Bingo. I, you know. I, I think he nailed it. And you know, g- g- going back, Zach, to the to the to the front line. Let, let's let's, let's yeah. go back to the career path, right? I want to be a CEO, yeah. but I'm on the front line today. And you know, put yourself in that seat. What it? Okay. Mm-hmm. What adds value to our services? Okay. I'm gonna. I think in terms of healthcare because that's where I work. Right, okay, Right. If I'm a front desk person And I see that patient experience Is a key performance indicator for our company And mm-hmm. I see that my department's Patient experience is lagging And I'm like mm-hmm. Man, I want to Dag on it, I want to fix this You don't got to be a You don't got to be a manager to do that You don't got to be a leader to lead You don't got to have mm-hmm. a title to lead Let me put it that way Title, right. title and leadership are two different Total different things So, Mm -hmm. you know, people with a title should leave, but that don't mean they do effectively, Mm -hmm. but, but okay, that, that frontline person goes to the boss and says, or to the leader and says, Hey, leader, I have an idea to, I see, i notice our patient experience is lagging because of the report I got out in the email. I've got six ideas I'd love, I'd love to recommend or try. Okay, and you know what? I'm not just going to give you work to do, and I'm not just going to ask for more money because I'm going to do this, and it ain't going to cost the company any more money. And I've got four ideas I want to try this week. Can I try it? Yeah, you can try. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can try. Guess well, guess whose name just goes to the, as they as they take that initiative and drive, and that's a stretch because that goes mm-hmm. beyond their that goes beyond their job description beyond their role that they're required to do and it's mm-hmm. a stretch it's a zone of proximal development now, now you know they don't want to stretch themselves too far and you know mm-hmm. but but it's like do those things that are within your realm to do and do them the best dag burn way you can And then always, and then all of a sudden, I promise you that name just moved on that list to say, uh, who who do we want to develop? Uh, This person has 14,000 ideas on how to improve their own area and they become Mm -hmm. the best at what they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's go get them.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast.
1: Until next time, keep cultivating.